We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the big sky conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. the club for the vandals of idaho welcome back try from the north brave and bold to the official unofficial podcast of your idaho vandals and the vandals affiliate on the big sky podcast network i'm your host brian marceau and today we're joined by producer extraordinaire dallas hammer dallas how's it going golf is still on the rams but otherwise everything okay Otherwise, yeah, we're okay. Um, I I got to be honest. I spent most of the second half of this most recent game thinking if Jake Constantine was the point guard and passes are flying over people's heads, would they still beat Idaho by double digits? And I think the answer is yes. That's a real question. And full disclosure, Constantine is a topic that will never die when we talk Big Sky Sports. But in addition, we're joined by a special guest today from the Weber State Weekly podcast, Colby Peterson. Colby? How's it going in Ogden? Yep, yeah, just outside of Ogden. Uh, I'm sure it just like you guys. Uh, I mean, you guys probably have you have a dome up there with the Kibbe Dome, but football camp just opened down here, so we're starting to get things going. And uh, I always love Jay Constantine jokes, so <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> we made at least three Jake Constantine references on our last football podcast. All of them in the same tone as this one. Our goal here is to keep those going in perpetuity. Love it. But first. Ain't nothing like cracking a mom tucky cold snack, an ultra refreshing light beer born in majestic big sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Mom tucky cold snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like CW Hogs and Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Mom tucky cold snacks, the light American lager for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do gooders. Visit montuckycoldsnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. And now the point we're really here for, which is not Jake Constantine jokes, although maybe more will be forthcoming. That's fingers crossed. That's what I hope we, we land on. We have another not that great weekend of basketball to talk about in Idaho, so we're going to dive right in. Uh, Thursday, Idaho hosting Weber State at Memorial Gym lost 56-81 in a game that was, to me, not even as close as a 25-point score gap lead, might lead you to believe. Idaho was led in scoring by a really nice outing by Gabe Quinette, scored 13 points on five of six shooting. We'll take that. Downside is Weber State had four players scoring 12 or more, led by Zahir Porter with 19. And Saturday, you know, the game flow is a little bit different, but essentially the same result. Idaho goes down 62-81, giving up 81 both times, at least for consistent. Gabe Cornett again led us with 13 points, but this time on 5 of 13 shooting. We had no other Vandal in double figures other than Gabe Cornett, while five Wildcats hit the double figure mark, led by Sigush Sishoho Jawara. Colby will let me know how to pronounce that afterward. Don't who, worry, I've tripped over it myself. Don't worry. <laughs> for cool. the rest of the show, guys, he's SSJ. SSJ led Weaver led the five Wildcats in double figures with 23 points. And with that, we're going to throw to producer Dallas. What is the story of these two games? Overall, between the two games, it's turnovers. 
Idaho turned the ball over 19 times in each of these games. Uh, not that this is a team that would win if they were turning it over 10 times a game, but you can't turn the ball over that much to expect to win, uh, especially with Saturday's game. Uh, they scored six points in the first eight minutes of the second half. Uh, for anybody that doesn't believe that, I did not say six baskets. I said six points in the first eight minutes of the second half. So when you turn in the ball over like this you, and you can't you can't score, you just have no way to, to recover from that. And that's that's the big thing for me is they just can't turn the ball over like this. And so uh, I was gonna, I was thinking about this and kind of like, what's the story here for me? And you, you you did mention the guard play, got really good guard play, especially out of Gabe Quinnett in this these two games, like played really well for you guys, especially today, 13. Had a tough shooting day, only five of 13, but three for six, shooting 50% from three. So that was good. But really, I, I felt like, you know, just watching the game and maybe the stat sheet doesn't necessarily show this. I, I felt like you guys got really good play out of the front court. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody blew the doors off tonight. Scott Blakeney had a good game on Thursday night for you all. But today, you know, it's, it's pretty consistent. Like if you if you look at the shooting percentages from the front court, you know, like Tanner Christensen had a good another good decent day. Five, he's four or six. You know, Garvin had a little bit of a struggle, but then also DeAndre Robinson has another good game, and so it was just like ah, it's okay. You know, keeping the percentages high, and uh, they were active. They were really active, especially in the first half, keeping the Wildcats from getting easy buckets at the rim. You know, the Wildcats really relied on hitting those threes to keep them afloat because the Vandals are doing a good job in the paint. That's been a theme. Part of what you talked about, Colby, has been a theme for us this year, which is Tanner Christensen. He's, to me, by far most promising freshman who will be a freshman next year, which is great news for us. Uh, Christensen has kind of been working his way into shape. He graduated from University High School in Spokane a couple years ago, went on a two-year mission to, I believe, Argentina, and has looked like he's kind of working his way back into shape, which is not exactly flooring because, you know, when you're on your mission, your focus is not being a D1 basketball player. It's allegedly something else. And throughout the year, Christensen started uh, today, hadn't been starting earlier, but he's about evenly splitting time with Scott Blakeney. That's been consistent for a while. And for really since game one, Christensen looked like a guy who I, I wouldn't say like all big sky potential necessarily, but a very good contributor, the kind of guy that if you can get a couple pieces around, you're pretty dang happy that he's on your roster. To me, the story, really the story is, I think we, Idaho's approaching its January 25th moment of last season. And the listeners will be familiar, familiar with this. Colby, what I'm talking about is, this is year two under Zach Kloss. Last year, first season, we stayed pretty competitive in almost all games. Had a ton of one-point, uh, sorry, single-digit scoring losses until January 25th, and that was when the wheels kind of fell off. And I, I wouldn't say the team's effort went down whatsoever because people are hard, are, are trying hard. We're happy they're on the team, of course. But at some point, a team can, let's say, like morally get defeated. Um, and I think, to me. I've been talking about it this year that I'm concerned that we're going to hit that when we've, we haven't had the single digit losses this year. 10 of our 13 losses are by double figures, but we've had games where real, we were real competitive through three quarters of the game, then just fell apart and we didn't make that next step. I am, I think we're hitting that point where this, we're going to kind of quit seeing close games and we're probably going to have a, a handful more like this for a while where realistically our, our best shot to win is, Maybe Portland State in a couple weeks, maybe Idaho State, but we're Idaho's looking at the countdown of do we get a W? And I don't know where where that W is coming, Dallas. 
I, I, I don't think there is a W on this schedule. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, your point is correct that we're seeing that that point of the season where it, not that the guys are giving up, but it's just the the mountain of crap continues to grow in front of them, and they just can't shovel their way out of it. Uh, you know, I mentioned the the six points in the first eight minutes. It took them four minutes to score in the first in the second half of today's game. It's a ten point game. You'd think you'd come out of the locker room with with some fire and some drive to try to turn things around because it's do or die right there. And they don't score for four minutes. There, there's not a lot you can say other than it, it doesn't look like there's going to be another close game on the schedule. I mean, maybe maybe an outsider's perspective, maybe Colby thinks differently, but I don't see Idaho winning, winning a game this year. Yeah, one thing that I'll say, you know, watching the Vandals play this weekend is that because, uh, you know, it's I think it's always difficult to talk about another team when you haven't really seen them. And so having seen them in two games against the Wildcats, knowing, knowing what I know about the Wildcats, it feels like, there's there's definitely effort on the part of the Vandals. Like there are good things that happen, but just you know they shot so hot in the first half of this game that was like, oh maybe there's a glimmer of hope here. Like if that continues, like my goodness. But at the same time, the Wildcats were just blazing down the net, shooting over fifty percent, and it was just like, all right, that's that's really difficult to catch up to. But looking at the remaining schedule for the Vandals, like you said, it's it's a tough road to hoe because Idaho State, yeah maybe. I mean they defensively they've been a very tough team. Um, Montana State's on that, and you know, ending the season in Missoula, that's going to possibly be difficult. But Missoula, you know, Montana's had its own problems, so maybe the win potentially comes in that Portland State series in mid-February. I don't know; anything could happen because they may be in the same boat where they feel like, hey, uh, we're not feeling great about where we're at either. Who knows? That's actually what I think the second story of this game is. That something you referenced, Colby, which is we. We're looking right now this weekend, we got to really see the kind of what I call the crossroads, the big sky, which listeners know what how Idaho struggled this whole year. Um, just a quick rundown. Idaho has the worst scoring offense in the big sky at 63.7 points per game. We have the worst scoring defense in the big sky, giving up 78.8 points a game. We have the worst scoring margin in the big sky where we lose but an average. Uh, we lose big sky games by an average of 15.1 points per game. Now the inverse and this to me was kind of a treat to see and in a long kind of stretch way should give Vandals hope in the future is Weber State's just the polar opposite of Idaho. Weber State is the best scoring offense in the big sky at 82 points per game. They're middle of the pack scoring defense where they give up 68 points a game, but they play a little bit faster pace than an Idaho State, a Sacramento, or a Montana. So if I'm a Weber fan, I still think we're pretty solid defensively. Big stat I'm always going to tell Weber fans to look at is your field goal percentage defense, best in the league. Teams shoot 38.4% against you guys. But then the other end, Weber State is winning games by an average of 14 points a game. And the swing between the top of this conference, which is, to me, the top of this conference is still good. Question is whether we're going to get a team to win NC2A tournament bid uh, real question. I think Weber actually might be our best ch- shot there, but Weber, Colby, this is a pretty big turnaround. I know, like the record, because you guys have a couple losses. I don't think you should have. The record isn't screaming it yet. It will as you play more games, but this is a pretty f- quick turnaround for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the concern was always with nine new transfers coming into this Weber State roster, can they glue it together? Because that's a, that's not a lot of time to get guys. I mean, they they told us that they were kind of hanging out in the summer, you know, doing their best to kind of get together. But 
that that never substitute for in-game situations, right? And so as Wildcat fans down in Ogden, we're not terribly concerned with, okay, yes, you lose a, a close game to Portland State that you shouldn't have. You get your pocket picked and you lose a close game down in Cedar City that you probably shouldn't have. That sucks. And you've had a couple of series canceled. One series in particular that we were really looking forward to, which was against Eastern Washington, to really see how good is this team because – Eastern Washington's the odds-on favorite to be the number one seed in the Big Sky Tournament. But for us down here, we're just kind of watching and letting this team continue to gel throughout February and into March. And so long as you got a top four seed and you got that first round by, I mean, it's all gravy. Of course, everything in tournaments is all about seeding, and so it all depends on who you run up against. But, I mean, if you really want to make that run at that Big Sky Championship and maybe have a chance at winning, not just playing in, but winning an NCAA tournament game, uh, you just got to keep working on it and, you know, take care of who's in front of you. And something I want to point out to our, to our listeners that maybe aren't super familiar with Weber state. Uh, Brian spoke quickly about the scoring margin uh, and Idaho being obviously last and Weber being first Weber's margin coming into today was they win games by 14 points. And then when you blow the doors off like you did today, that's only going to grow. And so I, I would agree with your thoughts. I think Weber is, is the team. Uh, if, if the big sky has got a shot to do something with an NCAA tournament, it's Weber state. Uh, and then on the inverse of that, Idaho's scoring margin is minus 15. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Worst team in the, the conference. And it's not even close. Um, I know Portland state's not great, but Portland state loses games by three, four points. Idaho loses them by 15. Uh, just to wrap that back up for our listeners. And the reason I think I'm going to circle back to when I said what Vandal fans should look at is like, maybe this is a, this is, this is a stretch. Of course, it's not going to impact this year about the reason to be optimistic is this Weber team finished bottom, definitely bottom half of the conference last season, in spite of having all league caliber score and Jarek Harding and a secondary piece that a ton of teams be happy to have. A lot of teams could have used a Cody John last year and Weber still finished towards the bottom of conference drops their first round big sky tournament game in Boise to Sacramento state, a not particularly great Sacramento state team, but it was one year. This is, this is the thing about basketball is it's not football where you need, you need to land 20 guys in football to turn your team around. That's part of why a lot of football turnarounds, even the successful ones we see, it's not a one year where, you know, let's say Jay Hill comes in and year one, Weaver States winning championships. It usually Takes a couple of years. We just saw that in Montana State. It took Jeff Choate two seasons of losing football before the Bobcats crested into a playoff team. But in basketball, Randy Ray lands a good number of transfers. And in also, this is credit to Weber State, a ton of those transfers are home runs. And Weber State goes from towards the bottom of the conference last year to, to me, they look like the most talented team in the conference. Now, if they capitalize on that, and that's the question for – that's really the story to me of the Wildcat season – but it took one year to get that turnaround. That's what Idaho has to be hopeful about is this is our third consecutive real rough season. But again, basketball, you have to hit a few home runs with transfers of recruits, but you can go to respectable in a year, Colby. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, uh, because nine new transfers and, and from a lot of big programs too. Um, and, and you can, you can make the case because I think that for a lot of these guys, they had played at, you know, Dante Bassett playing at Florida, Sigu Sosahojuara playing at Loyola Marymount, Isaiah Brown having played at Northwestern and Grand Canyon, right? Like you can go and get these players. They're out there in the transfer portal. And if you're effective 
and you are somebody that can show that, hey, if you come here, you'll have an opportunity to play and show what you can do. I think that's what a lot of these guys were really looking for because they were at big programs where they were good, but maybe they just weren't there and get the, to get the minutes that they wanted. And so there's an opportunity to place like Idaho to say, hey, come on up to Moscow and you're really going to have an opportunity in a brand new gym, no less, to really show what you can do. That can be appealing for a lot of guys because there's a lot of talent out there. I want to capitalize on on that. Uh, it sounds like Colby's message under there is is there there's hope. There is hope. You have to sell hope on those guys for the future. Um, looking at our our front court, like Colby said earlier, you know there are some guys there that that are legitimate big sky players. Tanner Christensen, again, we hope that he's going to have a phenomenal career as a Vandal. But you look at just it's it's rough to say this, but how terrible the rest of this team is. There are opportunities out there. Uh, if somebody from a a larger you know, Big Ten school decides, hey, I want some playing time, Idaho's a great place to get it because there's not really a lot of people that are going to be competing for your minutes. There's a new gym. There's new jerseys. Um, that's about as far as I can sell this right now. Uh, maybe there will be a new coach and a new offensive system to learn that won't feel like it's stuck in 1972, but there's hope, small glimmers of it. The hope that I'm going to translate, and Colby, I'm going to put words in your mouth for a second. You correct me if need be afterward. The hope is really next season <laughs> that we have the couple we have the couple pieces we need to keep here for sure. We need it is it's important for us to keep a Tanner Christensen. If Scott Blakeney stays for that extra season, hey, that's a that's kind of hitting the lottery for us. Maybe grad transfers. Maybe like some seniors, you know, when we talk about sports, it's easy to forget this, but a lot of guys, when they graduate, they're happy to play basketball, but they do want to take the next step in life. They do want to start, you know, they want to start their career. And if it's a non-athletic career, then people want to get, want to get it started. So maybe Scott's back next year, maybe not, but we're going to have, we, the small mid-major conferences, low major conferences, whatever you want to bracket the big sky winning teams for the most part, win on the wing. And Weber State certainly has some posts that I'd, I'm pretty stoked. I would be stoked about Dante Bassett for sure. But Michael Kozak off the bench, sharpshooting stretch five in the Big Sky. Don't mind him. Is it Cody Carlson? You're you're starting four. Uh, yeah, because I mean the 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 lineup has lately been I think playing Bassett more at the five and then having Cody Carlson, a D two product out of Concordia University in Minnesota playing at the four, you know, and he's a guy who can like, once again, stretch the floor and knock down some threes. He's a good passer. We saw some of that today. And also he's, he's great around the basket. So there are guys like that are out there in D2. You can find them. And what Idaho is just going to have to do, let's just pretend Weber state's our template for a second. Weber state has six guys for sure that are scoring threats whenever they're out there. If you look at Weber's box score from this last game, I think only six guys even scored but it doesn't really matter. I mean, their starting lineup, we we already they have Isaiah Brown, one of the better scorers in the Big Sky at point. They've got Zaire Porter, one of the better wings. We have SSJ, like we talked about, a real productive wing. And we already referenced two of the starting posts plus Michael Kozak off the bench. That's six guys who can hit double figures. And suddenly you don't need a 30-point outing for anyone. Just have a handful of guys to get 15. That's your ball game. Whereas Idaho, a thing that is just going to have to get addressed in the offseason, they have like two scores on the roster. It's very hard to beat teams that are going to be good at all if you have two threats. And the rest of the guys, yeah, we have we have some guys who, of course, they would, they're fine as contributing pieces, but they're just better suited as an eighth man or ninth man. And with us, they're, they're having to start a little bit. But I want to shift to one final topic before we call it a day. And Colby, the big sky has four second-year coaches. 
I don't think it's a secret to say Idaho is doing the least well out of those second year coaches, but it's a separate question about rebuild. If you were talking to Vandal off the ledge and you were going to point to any of the second year coaches that we should say, Hey, Idaho is, and there's a, a world where Idaho is easily looking like this with, you know, just a different makeup. Which of those second year coaches would you be pointing to? Shoot, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, I, I think, and this is going to sound really weird because normally I don't talk about this, this team a lot, even though they're super close to us, but Idaho state, Right now, they're doing some very interesting things. And, you know, Pocatello is always sort of pesky to us in Ogden because they are close. They're supposed to be our rival. But we're like, eh, I don't really know. Like, these guys, like, do we do we believe, like, can they, you know, I talk a lot of trash on their facilities and stuff. But thus far, what they've been able to do this season has been really impressive, I think. Because, I mean, what's the, what's the, what's the, the thing that you, why would you want to go and play in a place like, you know, Pocatello, Idaho, but Ryan Looney's doing an incredible job, I think, with turning that program around, really doing a good job because um, they could be something. And so I would point to them and say, hey, it can happen. I mean, it's happening in Pocatello, Idaho, of all places. So there's hope for a place like Moscow with some very nice things coming for their program. And I want to kind of to piggyback off of the the praise for Ryan Looney. Uh, before Pocatello, he was at Point Loma Nazarene, uh, a D2 school. Uh, the current coach at Point Loma is Matt Logie. Uh, he used to be the coach at Whitworth. Uh, he followed after Jim Hayford left and, and turned Eastern into the the winner that they are. Uh, for anybody that doesn't really follow D3 basketball, Whitworth has continued to be a, a very good program there. They had a guy move on to D2. If Idaho's looking through the D2 ranks, they can find a coach that can turn this program around. It's tough to say it's all on Kloss, uh, but at the end of the day for Idaho fans, there are – second year coaches that are doing considerably better in sure they're better situations than what Idaho has class was handed an awful situation, but there are guys that are coming up through the, through the D three and through D three, through D three and through D two that, that can turn programs into winners. Uh, there's, there's hope out there. I guess I keep looping back to hope. There's, there's guys out there that could turn this program around. Yeah. There's absolutely guys that can turn the program, this program around. There's absolutely a reason for Vandals to expect that our next coach and listeners are obviously going to pick up on us talking about the next coach. In our last episode, we gave our opinion of the state of the program. We're just not going to beat that topic to death. If you're curious, Dallas and I are both out on what's going on right now, but we're still following the team. So we need, we're going to talk about what's, what's relevant. And yes, I think there's a lot of reason for Idaho fans to say, you know what? There is a better future out there somewhere. It's probably going to look different, but in spite of how the last three years have been, Right now, nine D1 wins in the last three years. There's a lot of coaches who would love to get their careers started in Moscow. There's a lot of coaches who would like to get their careers back on track in Moscow. And that's really what we're going to have to look for into the future. And with this year's team, still look at who, what are the generalizable pieces that could contribute on a team that could contend with the top half of the league. We have a couple. We just, we just don't have enough. And with that, we're going to close the bar, guys. Colby, tell everyone, tell everyone where to find you and the other, other great guys on Weber state's big sky podcast network affiliate show. Yeah. If you're a person who wants to get a little bit more plugged into what's going on in Ogden, because of course we have the football season coming up and uh, Weber has a very favorable schedule. And so there's a very high likelihood that we become conference champs again, or if you are just a, a fan of good football, 
Um, follow us at Weber State Weekly. Uh, we're in all the places where you can get podcasts, just like Tubbs at the Club. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We've also got a great blog. If you're interested in seeing what the next stage for Weber State football is, we've been putting out a lot of recruiting pieces. You know, National Signing Day is going to be on Wednesday this week, and we're going to have a big broadcast with that. You know, interview some of these kids and talk to them. And so we've done a really good job of keeping local Utah talent right here in Utah this year. And so check us out this week, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Colby, thanks for coming on to represent Weber State. Dallas, where can everyone find you at? Everybody can find me at Hammer Dallas. You probably don't want to follow me. My my tweet threads are pretty sad and disappointing because I tweet about Idaho basketball and other terrible sports teams. But I did just have a, a, a thought. Bounce passes don't work in football, so maybe Jake Constantine should switch to basketball. He could transfer to Idaho and really show some skills. Would that turn this team around? The thing is this, he, he doesn't have to, he, at least he doesn't have to throw the ball more than 20 yards. So you, I think you'd be okay. You'd be in good shape. There's a dead horse connection I could bring up there at Idaho football that I'm going to choose to step right past. You guys can find me at Brian Marceau. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. Tubbs the Club is going to keep on recording on Tuesdays because believe it or not, guys, we are, what, four weeks away, Colby, from spring football season? Can't wait. Yep, 27th. The practices have have started for all teams, and a lot of people, including me, including probably Dallas, have been skeptical about the likelihood of the spring season. But every day we get closer to that thing happening, every day we have more official practices, likelihood goes up. I'm starting to turn the corner and be optimistic that it's happening. In the non-optimistic quarter, Idaho, Dallas and I will be back next weekend. Idaho plays Eastern Washington on Saturday, Thursday 1st, Saturday 2nd. But after that, guys... It's time for the best band in all the land to play us out. Sound of Idaho. Go Vandals.